Good morning, everyone. Thank you. We are <clears throat> here on January 18, 2023. Department of Justice crypto crackdown is uh, the update that we're going to give you guys today. The Department of Justice is just finishing and concluding up their press conference, their statement that they're making right now. So I got that playing here in the background, but I'm going to pull this up. Let's take a look at the markets where we're at because we did get a pullback this morning leading up to this moment. Hope you guys got your coffee ready today. It's always another exciting day in the cryptocurrency space. Got the straight black coffee today. We're, we mean business today, folks. Let's get it. So uh, market has pulled back, like I said, back down, uh, you know, just over 1%. It, it started to recover, though. Um, Bitcoin had gone below 21K. We've started to recover a bit. But right now we are back below 21K at like 20,900. Ethereum's at 1,500. This thing's moving quickly. So, I mean, this, once again, you're going to have to check the charts for yourselves if you're watching this after the fact. 378 for our XRP and the announcement here, the Department of Justice announcing an international cryptocurrency enforcement action. Who is it against? Not Binance, like I was expecting. I mean, if you're going to make an announcement, make it someone that we actually know of. It was some exchange called BitSlotto. I've literally never heard of this exchange ever. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has. Uh, I don't even, I was Googling it and I don't even know if I have the proper spelling, but I can't even find this exchange. Uh, Bitslotto doing some sort of, uh, you know, money laundering, uh, helping to fund terrorists, helping to fund drugs, bad, bad activity. You know, criminals are using cryptocurrency. Gee, thanks for telling us that. Now you wait to go after all these firms after they prove their insolvency going bust and the founders are able to take the money and run, right? Uh, and I'm talking about FTX. I'm talking about these exchanges that actually matter versus some irrelevant announcement once again from those doing the dc dance trying to stay relevant trying to act like they're doing something good you know the good guys at the department of justice i uh, just turned off the the fbi guy talking about how the fbi this proves once again that the fbi knows how to get criminals the criminals who don't play ball with them if you play ball with our government you're good to go and that's all the way um from the Ethereum free pass that we've exposed completely all the way up to FTX funding both sides of the aisle, right? And, and so once again, we're here to hold these guys accountable. Uh, this is a joke that's taking place here today, this press conference. But once again, it reiterates the point that they are coming to crack down on the bad actors in the space. And what that means is that, you know, hopefully the criminals will get, you know, you know uh, taken care of. But it also is going to weed out the bad actors. So you have to understand, as we've been saying, it just reiterates the point that the crypto space has not been cleaned out completely yet. This move is not done. We were in a fake bull trap rally. Hopefully you didn't FOMO in. Now, <clears throat> that reminds me, and I'm getting so ticked off, direct message after email after email of people who are sending your money to fake scammers. Guys, I'm not here to talk to you guys uh, on, on Twitter, on anything. Okay, if you're going to direct message me, you'll be able to tell that it's me responding. I'm not here to trade for you. I don't want your money. Uh, I don't have some trading platform, some website that is the guys. These scammers have gotten a little bit more slick, but let's be honest. They're not that damn good. They don't even spell my name right. My my name is not spelled with a K. Stop spending these. Stop sending your money to these scammers. It's really bugging me, man, because they're not that slick with it. 
You guys are just, I don't get how you guys fall for this time and time again. Like some of them are getting good, but a lot of it's clear as day. They don't have my username. They put a K. They spelt my name wrong. I mean, you really think that I'm going to message you with, with some username that's misspelt to try to get you to WhatsApp? Guys, please stay safe out there. Please stay safe. I'm not trying to be mean and, and, and say that uh, I don't understand and have sympathy for the people that have fallen for these. I do, but golly, man. I mean, you guys are sending five grand. I had a friend, a good friend of mine, send over $100,000 to one of these guys. That's just stupid, man. Uh, sorry, I had to get that out of the way because I just keep on getting emails every day. And people want me to feel bad. People want me to help them go collect their funds. Man, I, that would be a full-time job. I'd have to hire a team of staff to help go, go trace back this crypto, man. Stop stop trying to get rich quick. Stop trying. No, no one's going to trade for you. Stay safe out there, folks. Now, once again, back to the title of the session, Department of Justice Crypto Crackdown. Uh, trying to stay relevant, trying to act tough, trying to be the good guys. While they let the billions uh, upon billions of dollars get funneled through exchanges like FTX back to the politicians. Uh, they go after little, little irrelevant exchanges like BitSlotto today. It's like, who's ever used that platform, right? And um, I was definitely expecting a lot more. We've been talking about how Binance, there's investigations underway into Binance. And so I did think that that was going to be it because they were really hyping this up. But once again, remember that the markets are going to move based off these uh, these announcements because the market makers are going to come in behind the announcement and they're going to move. They're going to front run the announcement, right? And then they've already started to pump it back up. So Bitcoin went down. Let me pull up the charts here. Let's take a look here. Pull up our Bitcoin chart. I'm gonna I'm gonna zoom in on the 15 minute chart just so that we can take a look here closely at kind of what took place. There you guys go. Taking a look here. 15 minute chart, Q coin. All the way down to 20,400. And now we're back up to 20,900 right now at the time of this recording. But you can see the dump from all the way up where we were at last night, you know, 21.3, 21.5. I mean, shoot, they see this is what they do. They pumped it all the way to 21.64, 21,642 before they dumped this thing this morning. All the way down here to 20,400. Okay, so be careful out here, guys. Lots of manipulation, lots of FUD, lots of confusion, lots of scammers. And the Department of Justice decides to go after some irrelevant project today. Big announcement, crypto crackdown. Um, but remember, the market makers love taking advantage of these announcements. Love taking advantage of them. They're going to shake you up going both ways. And we've been calling this bull trap rally. We're expecting us to roll back over here shortly. In fact, it's already underway. It's already started. What are you guys working with this morning? 
Now, big, big interviews, big sessions coming from Brad Garlinghouse at Ripple once again. As classy and as smooth as ever, Brad over in Davos, showing us how it's done. Representing Ripple so well, representing the XRP community, representing the people. Brad's a good guy, in my opinion. Um, and, and so great announcements, calling the SEC's actions embarrassing. As an American, he says it's embarrassing, and I couldn't agree more. And that's why I say Brad's a good guy. He's a good American, too. He's, he's from, uh, where's he from, Kansas? He's a Kansas boy. I mean, come on. doesn't get any better than that. And once again, um, you, know, you know, talking about how they continue to get adoption. Record, you know, Ripple continues to have record years in 2021 and 2022. After the SEC announced their lawsuit, they just continued to get record on-demand liquidity growth, record amount of partnerships, multiple central bank digital currencies. And uh, he once again reiterated the fact that Ripple's sitting on a billion cash. I just love to see that. I love to hear that. I, I love the flex. I'm usually not one for flexing and gloating, but just representing that your business is in a strong posture. Love to see it, Brad. Love to see it. And because I know that you're going to do the right thing with it. It's, it's not a Billy. It's not a stupid flex, right? It's not a Lambo flex. It's a, we're about to eat up anybody uh, who's left in the space with assets that do matter and still are worth something. We're ready to go pick up and scoop. Right? I love the positioning by Brad. Middle of an SEC lawsuit, record on-demand liquidity growth, record amount of partnerships, multiple CBDCs, Billy Cash. How's your program working out? Now, let me pull this up. Let me see if they're still talking over here. Still, Oh, they are. Of course, they're still running their mouths over here at the Department of Justice. You guys take a look. Let's listen in a security concern and that's why we will be unrelenting in our efforts and we will uh, continue to take a, a coordinated approach an international and global approach uh, to this challenge no while if you want to add just a, a word um, god i'm so I, thankful I that they're protecting with, us guys uh, the attorney general what i will say is that um there are those who try to use any new technology to try and cr um, commit crimes. Um, and here, cyber criminals are attempting to use new technology when it comes to virtual assets. And our message to them and our message to the industry is that we, we expect them to follow the same rules of the road that are followed by other financial institutions and intermediaries, and that that ecosystem is a place where we will not permit illicit finance to go on. The action today should be seen by that industry and by actors there who seek to try and evade our sanctions or to violate laws or to in some ways impact our national security as a tool that we will use in the future when it comes to Russia and illicit finance. But as I said earlier, we have other tools that we're prepared to use as well because um, our view is that virtual currencies, the traditional financial system, should not be used to transmit an illicit finance, and we're prepared to act to make sure that that is the case. Uh, one last question, Alex Mallon, So if convicted, I saw this defendant faces a max of five years in prison with the scale of wrongdoing that you kind of all, have all outlined. What do you say to people who would kind of say that the punishment here doesn't seem to fit the crime? And then for the deputy, the White House has been saying uh, since the, the news of the, these classified documents were found broke, that they hadn't been more forthcoming because of their cooperation with the Justice Department. To be clear, has the Justice Department at any time since November told the White House that they cannot discuss the facts of this case? 
Uh-oh. Here we go, folks. Classified documents. Question. I'm not going to comment on anything beyond what the Attorney General has said uh, of last course week not. announcing the appointment of the special counsel. Of course uh, not. And what he has said more broadly, uh, which is that we don't talk about our investigations uh, in a public forum. And for your first question, I'll turn it over to the U.S. Attorney. Yeah, and that's pathetic, and that's so, why you guys aren't to, getting to anything clear, done that matters. This is, in our view, a serious crime, um, which we are taking very seriously. Um, the outcome of the case is premature to, to anticipate that, and it's important to note that the investigation is ongoing. So there could be, as the Assistant Attorney General said, additional charges down the line. Yeah. God. Can't even, I can't even listen to these people. They make me sick have um, on-topic questions, um, and I think that's going to do it for us today. Deputy Attorney General, can you speak to the Republicans who say Thank that you you're being unfair to the former president? Yeah, right. So they take one question, a couple questions, I guess, softball answers. Not going to talk about the classified documents, of course. It's an embarrassing thing here to watch as Americans. Uh, our, our Department of Justice, FBI, three-letter agencies like the SEC, they're not working for us. They're working against us. And it's so blatant. It's so out in the open. And it's so pathetic. God, get off the stage if you got nothing to say. Makes me sick, man. Just the most basic training ass dudes that pull up to from whoever the hell they had up on stage. I, I don't even know who these people are. They're all irrelevant. Pat each other's on the back. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what's next for the cryptocurrency space, right? Because uh, that's an irrelevant case that doesn't matter. But we still have big questions looming around the solvency of some of the biggest exchanges. Um, lot of a uh, lot of hype around this sec versus ripple lawsuit coming up and um you know i think that we have a couple months here before they actually uh guys i'm just gonna lay this out right now for you guys i don't i don't even know what calendar they're on but if you go look and this is random but i'm gonna explain why it matters if you go look at their calendars and the different calendars that different people with different beliefs use across this world there's some people that are running on a calendar that the year actually ends in March and that the new year is April Fools. And that's the big joke. That's the big mockery that they're that they're basically running with against us is that on the new year when our energy is supposed to be high, positive, New Year's resolutions, right? We're doing it at the wrong time of the year. And on the day that we're supposed to be doing it, we're going out and being fools. You can discredit that. You can ignore that all you want. But for me... When you look at the the calendars, the elites, what they operate, what they worship, what they believe in, I believe that we're about to see some significant changes coming in after March. After March, I think that, and, and that's not to say that we don't, you know, get dumped, we don't get events. There's definitely going to be events. There's definitely going to be some things happening, right? But I'm just saying it. It's really opened my eyes when I started to realize that they're operating off of different calendars, off of different time frames. They believe in weird stuff. Um, and once again, you go look at, uh, you know, you know, when we file our taxes, right? We go file our taxes there in April. Um, and then there's just some other interesting things. And then once again, it, it aligns with the fact that uh, we have that 
judge is supposed to be giving us the ruling in the Ripple versus SEC case by the end of March, according to the lawyers. So we'll see if that comes through. Um, but wouldn't that be funny if the case ends up settling, you know, in February or March, and then based off of that other calendar that they're using, right, all the Riddlers are going to come out and say that, oh, I showed you guys 2022, the case settled. Bob is going to tell you, follow the timeline we showed you guys, right? I thought that was pretty funny. But nonetheless, I, I do think that um, they can't really wait much longer because this everything's breaking down in real time. And it's it's really accelerating. I mean, just with what's taking place on Twitter, what's taking place in the D.C. dance, um, I mean, think about this. The, the Republicans really just put forward a bill to get rid of the IRS as we know it. right? So we have these three-letter agencies like the Department of Justice and uh, FBI still trying to act relevant, still trying to act tough, still trying to be the good guys. And we got people representing us now that are literally trying to put these guys, send them back home. So I'm saying this is where this gets interesting with this timeline for me. Is, uh, you know, we thought a lot was going to actually take place last year. Didn't happen, right? Uh, but depending on what calendar you're still you're, you're working with, we're still waiting on uh, this year to conclude. Is kind of the point that, that I'm making here. Nonetheless, um, we're going to continue to enjoy the show over here. I'm going to continue to take advantage of this opportunity while we're in this lawsuit, while they uh, dump the market on us here once again today. Big banks meeting in London. Yeah, so Davos, it seems like they're really setting forth this agenda. And the main thing, the main concern is uh, cyber attacks. So actually, let me go back to my Twitter. And I thought that I had actually pulled something up here. Right. This is this is what I wanted to share with you guys right here. This one's from Last Real Humans on Twitter. The World Economic Forum, Davos, 2023. Are business leaders right to fear an imminent damaging cyber attack? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it's something that we're hearing echoed at the World Economic Forum. And we've actually heard Klaus talk about it before in the past too, right? Now, I found this one too. It's interesting because you find, this is the problem with Twitter and the internet, is you can find two contradicting points and sources sharing two different sides on the very same day. So literally today I saw announcements that a new offensive was getting prepared in Ukraine and Russia, and that Russia was about to launch basically a new offensive. But then I also came across this unconfirmed uh, source here, unconfirmed report, that Russian sources claiming Putin will announce the conclusion of the special military operation and declare war in his speech tomorrow. But then, like I said, I have this. I, I went to, if you go, it's literally the front page of the Drudge Report right now. Fears of new Russia mobilization, massive offensive Ukraine officials die in crash. So a helicopter crash uh, took place today in Ukraine. Um, and then, yeah, we have both rumors that the war's about to end. And then we have rumors that a new offensive is about to be launched. I do th I do think my prediction is that that does conclude here soon, that that, that operation was a strategic military operation is what Putin called it. So I do anticipate that that ends soon. Stick to the facts, please. Um, I'm, I'm reporting the news as it's coming in. This is a live report. You know, I'm just, I decided to flip on the camera, go live so that we can kind of cover what was taking place. We had the Department of Justice just make an announcement uh, as I 
as I cited, it's an unconfirmed source, unconfirmed reports. So I'm not saying that it's for sure going to happen. So. $0.25 cents, still your opinion. Uh, Ian Brown, good question. I do think that we are going to see $0.22 cent level achieved. Yeah, I, I do think that we get one more. One more brutal pain moment for the cryptocurrency space. And I think for XRP, that's down to the 25 cent level and potentially, you know, 22 cents is the major support. And it was interesting. I heard Brad cite in his interview today that the case has been going on for two years and two months. That picture, 22 to two. Brad sending us that message. You already know. Um, let's pull up though, because like I said, we got some big, um, some degree, a crypto win big sessions, big sessions that Brad has been, uh, having some interviews here. And so let me, uh, show you guys this clip here. This is from Brad on CNBC. Indicative of, to some degree, a crypto winter that, I, as you just suggested, has changed in tone from how the last Davos in terms of just there was a lot of hype, uh, a lot of noise around all things crypto at the last Davos. And I think seeing the change and I actually think it's a really healthy change that there's more focus on utility. Are these technologies are solving real problems? And I think to your your question, you know, I think to the extent there are companies solving real problems for real customers and they're going to continue to grow regardless of the environment. Is there continued contagion? I think, you know, we're obviously continuing to hear noise uh, about what's going on with DCG and Gemini. Uh, hard to know. It sounds like that, that could work out in a constructive way. I think all of this has not been great for crypto at large. But again, if you just focus on companies that are solving real problems, certainly Ripple had a record 2022. We'd rather see crypto do well at large, but we had a great year, signed up more and more customers and more and more volume going through our payment rails. And in terms of your outlook for 2023, we've seen a bit of a bump for Bitcoin in the crypto markets. Are you expecting that to continue or is it just a, just a little bit of false hope? Well, I, I've tried to stay out of the short-term price prediction on all things Bitcoin if I, uh, or crypto in general. I, I'm, I'm long-term very bullish because I think these are technologies that can solve real problems at scale. And I think when you have kind of new emerging technologies, not dissimilar than, frankly, the, the Internet and kind of the dot-com bubble, Sometimes the hype gets ahead of the reality that comes into balance over time. But we shouldn't forget, you know, really not that long ago, 21 years ago, Amazon during the dot-com bubble almost went out of business. You know, it, so the fact that you're seeing some changes in the crypto world, I think, is can be healthy for the long-term health of the, of the industry. And yet FDX appears to be a very high-profile case of fraud. There are serious regulatory and auditing gaps that went on with that institution. And yet at the same time, what I'm reading is so many people have been critical of SBF for having this close relationship with the regulators, the fact that he visited Gary Gensler so many times. So where do you draw the line? We need to strengthen regulation and oversight in this industry. But how close should the relationship be between your peer group? and the U.S. regulators who are looking at these institutions. Yeah, I, first of all, I think you're exactly right. I, you know, we, we talk about this as a crypto problem, but really this is just fraud. And I think in some ways not that dissimilar than Bernie Madoff. And when, when Bernie Madoff occurred, you know, we didn't totally restructure how we thought about oversight and regulation of hedge funds. You know, we realized that, hey, we, clearly in that case also the SEC had overlooked and people had reported to the SEC they should be looking into Bernie Madoff. 
So I, I know that the SEC had met a bunch of times with SBF. Uh, I don't know the specifics of what types of oversight they were applying. I, I do think this is a fraud. I don't view this as a crypto problem at large. But to your point, I think regulatory clarity globally is important. And we're seeing a lot of countries. I mean, here we are in Davos, and Switzerland's clearly one of the countries leading in providing regulatory clarity in early stage. You have the UAE leaning in, the UK, Japan, Switzerland, sorry, Singapore. The, U the U.S. is notably absent from that list. And I think in, in some ways the regulators in the U.S. have added confusion to the crypto marketplace. And let's talk about those regulators in the U.S., the SEC, Brad. Let's get a check-in on what's going on with that lawsuit uh, with the SEC and Ripple. Uh, are you nearing an end potentially? Are you planning to settle with the SEC? Well, we have always said that we would love to settle, but it requires one very, very, very important thing, and that is that on a go-forward basis, it's clear that XRP is not a security. The SEC and Gary Gensler has very outwardly said he views almost all crypto as a security, and so that leaves very little space in a Venn diagram for settlement. The, the case is now fully briefed in front of the judge, uh, and you know, judges take however long the judges will take. You know, we're optimistic that this will certainly be resolved in 2023 and maybe the first half. So uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out from here. But I feel very good about where we are relative to the law and the facts. So you, are you going to wait for the judge to, to come out with a decision on this one? I'm very optimistic. And I think absent some significant change in posture from the SEC, I can't imagine that we won't uh, have resolution from the judge. I also will point out, and I've certainly something I've heard here in Davos repeatedly, is how important this is, not just to how Ripple it goes forward, but also really the whole crypto industry in the United States. And I keep reminding people that outside the United States, crypto is still thriving, Ripple is still thriving, and we should make sure we're continuing to engage non-U.S. regulators as well. I mean, it's also hard, to, hard, difficult to say it's thriving when so many people have lost a lot of money speculating. And the key word here is speculating. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. Speak for the crypto kids that chase pumps, memes, NFTs that had no utility, right? Our bags have been hit a little bit, but we don't care because we know what we've invested in. Brad is just so, so, such a class act though, you know, as he's taking these questions and, and it's like, they try to lump him into the rest of the space. It's like, no, speak for them. Like he says, that's fraud. That's not just crypto, but, but the rest of the space is the one that's freaking out right now. He says Ripple is thriving on the price of Bitcoin and various other cryptocurrencies. I remember back at the peak, there was a lot of talk about institutions getting involved. Given what we've seen, given the price action, given the drawdowns, given the numerous amounts of fraud cases that have gone on in the space, doesn't it feel like the hurdle is extremely high, if not impossible now, to get institutions involved? If you were sitting on a board of a pension fund, how could you justify to them that you're going to get involved in cryptocurrencies? Well, I think it depends upon what we're, how we're defining institutional involvement. You know, uh, when I think about institutional involvement with Ripple, I'm thinking about financial institutions, banks, payment providers who are using our technologies to solve a cross-border payments problem. They've continued to engage. We've continued to grow. And so I feel good about that. Uh, but look, I think anytime you have this kind of change, you know, people take a moment. I also think, and I, I pointed out in one of the sessions I was in at Davos uh, here yesterday, is you know, we talk about, obviously, crypto is down 65%. Tesla is down 65%. Facebook is down about 65%. We, no one's saying, hey, we shouldn't invest in Tesla or Facebook. So I, I think we, we have to, I mean, clearly, I, I would much rather not have the volatility we've seen in crypto in 2022. But I think we also have to look at that in concert of other kind of growth uh, investment areas. And again,
Hold up. I'm getting a call from Jimmy. One second. How's it going, brother? I am live on YouTube right now. How are you doing? No worries. Uh-huh. I like that. Yep. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. If you want to send that over to me, um, I, I think that people are going to like that idea a lot. Yep. 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 I, I'm, I'm all for that. Well, like we said, we really don't want to give up control, right? So I think people are going to love that idea. Correct. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, send that over. I'll take a look at it and, um, you're going to have to come back on the show here sometime. I know that people want to see you back on here. Yeah. 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 No, I, I love the work that you guys are doing and the other people of the committee. And I think that people are going to really like that idea. Um, I, I think that people are going to love that idea, actually. Yeah. All right. I appreciate it, Jimmy. Hey, amen. We'll see ya. All right, folks, I apologize. Uh, Jimmy just gave me some really good news, an update 
on uh, an update on some things that the confidential committee's working on. And I think that you guys are really going to like this. Um, he's going to send it over to my email. We're going to take a look at this, though. But uh, I think that people are really actually going to turn the, the the opinions that some people had on the committee, I think, is about to turn when they hear what, what Jimmy's working on right now. The, the the quick summary the quick summary of what he just told me is that we're we're going to talk about creating our own bank so instead of trying to get anybody to buy back our our XRP um, or deal do a deal with the Fed or the World Bank the new the new proposal included the Treasury right um what what Jimmy's talking about though is basically the the participating token holders just creating their own bank with XRP setting up trusts so that we can keep our XRP and then we will just, we will set the price at our bank. So like I said, you guys heard me. I said, Jamie, I think the people are gonna love this because the main concern for most of us is we don't really wanna give up control, right? Um, and, and see, once again, as I was saying yesterday in my last Red Folder session, this is bringing about the most mature conversation for the fair value of XRP and my hope is that it will inspire people to bring more utility to the ledger. This is where this really went all along for me is us becoming our own banks. Whether, you know, we have Bank of America take custody and help us, uh, you know, do that. Whether it's a DeFi play, whether it's Flare. This is where this led, all, all roads led to us becoming our own bankers because we were going to hold our XRP forever or a large chunk of it. Right, I've been very vocal about my exit strategy for XRP. Uh, you know, five percent here, five percent there, but ninety percent of my bag I'm keeping for the long run. I'm going to use it for utility in my business. I'm going to use it to provide liquidity for other networks, uh, leverage it in, in a way that allow me to get a return, allow me to get cash flow, and live off of that investment, uh, that asset forever. And uh, I think that people are going to really like what he just brought up. Now, guys, you saw that. That was breaking. Jimmy just gave me that call. That was not scripted or staged in any way, I promise. And uh, Jimmy, these, these, these are just good guys, right, trying to work on behalf of the XRP community. And I think that people are going to really like what he just sent me over. I just saw the email popped in. So I'll have to check on that later uh, and take a look at that. But I love that idea of us just becoming our own bank, right? And basically, we're gonna we're gonna figure out the fair market value of this asset. As I continue to say, it's for sure not a forty or, or thirty eight cent coin at today's price. That was pretty cool, though. Got a call from a ma a man himself. From the man himself live. Yeah. Okay, so we were playing Brad doing a session there with CNBC at Davos. And just a couple points. He says the Ripple is thriving. You know, and when have we seen over the last two years at any point where Ripple, Brad, and team have looked uncomfortable, have told us that business isn't going so well, right? 
Now, a lot of people focus on XRP's price without looking at all of the damn partnerships, all of the adoption, reading the market reports from Ripple, where you can see the record amount of on-demand liquidity growth year after year, quarter after quarter. And then for Brad to say that they're positioned with a billion dollars cash. Now, I wanted to point that Brad's script is so clean. Uh, what he was just saying was what I was hearing him say in the other fireside chat that I, I saw he had with that same CNBC guy. He had a fireside chat. It's about like a 15-minute long session. But Brad's script is very clean and uh, representing so well there in Davos. The suit was fantastic too, looking classy as ever. But then that lady asked him about institutional involvement. And, you know, how are pensions going to be, be able to get involved and uh, deploy capital towards this and investments towards this? Well, as we saw, some of, the, some of the pensions up in Canada, and I think even some of the ones down here in the United States, were invested into Alameda in the FTX exchange, you know. Uh, and, and so we've seen that the pensions have gotten involved, but they, they missed the boat just like a lot of other people investing into Bitcoin investing into Alameda uh, and some of these other you know, hedge funds that have since gone bust, Three Arrows Capital being the prominent one, right? So the institutions have already dipped their toes in the water. Uh, and, and, the, and like Brad said, when he thinks of institutional involvement, he's signing the deals with these banks and financial institutions for them to get involved in RippleNet. And then he's doing deals with about 25% of those partners to actually settle an XRP on-demand liquidity. As he said, 90% plus of his partners over the last two years have been outside of the United States. And then that's where the record on-demand liquidity growth is coming from. Just think what's going to happen once we get clarity here in the, the, the biggest economy, uh, the biggest market in the world. Right? It's going to be pretty massive. It's going to be pretty massive, right? If they've been able to accomplish this uh, without the United States and the banks and financial institutions here in America, just think of what's coming, right? Is, my, is the connection not good on TikTok? What's going on? How many banks and partners do they need to sign up? Well, they already have 400 banks and financial institutions partnered up. They already have two central bank digital currencies that are being built on it. And then they're also part of, what is it, four or five CBDC projects, the digital dollar project, digital euro, digital pound. And um, like I said, they've helped Palau and Bhutan actually put their CBDC on the XRP ledger. So how many do they need? I, I think that they already have plenty. Um, I think that they have a lot that haven't been announced yet, and um, there's really just no stopping them. I think that at the end of the day, you're going to see almost everyone uh, touching or using XRP on the back end at some point, All right? Because I think that the largest, for me, the, the, the best settlement token that can be used today right now is XRP for the wholesale payments, and that's going to be at your clearinghouses. Um, that's going to be at the wholesale level. So even if the bank financial institution or the little corridor is not necessarily settling up with XRP, on the back end, uh, we're looking for just so many touch points that Ripple's already made on the back end of the pipelines, the infrastructure that connects 
all of these corridors, networks, countries, banks together. Obviously, if you get just a portion of SWIFT's network, that's over 11,000 banks. So to compare, SWIFT has 11,000 member banks. Ripple has 400 so far that we know of. So it gives you a comparison of the progress that they've made. Um, but like I said, once you get one of these clearinghouses, once you get of just a portion of Swift or anything like that, an R3 Corda, you're, you're, you're tapping into thousands of banks instantaneously. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Appreciate all of you. What else are we working with? Make sure you guys smash that thumbs up if you appreciate the random live stream this morning. Bitcoin still trading, 20900 Is Fin AI a good investment? Um, Chad, good question. So uh, many projects have AI at the end of their name, have AI included, say that they're going to use AI or implement AI. And there's a lot of hype around AI just because of chat GPT right now. 99.99% uh, of them have no real utility and won't go anywhere in my opinion if they're temporarily pumping. I, If I owned any AI coins, I would have probably already taken profit on them. Uh, just based off the most recent move that we saw with all of the AI AI coins moving. And uh, so, you know, same thing happened in the metaverses. Same thing happened with NFTs. I'm trying to think of any other situations like that. Um, just got done with class. What's the news? Lance, uh, we started out by covering the Department of Justice is suing some... Uh, they're they're going after criminal charges against some random exchange that nobody's ever ho heard of. I already forgot the name. What was it? Bitso. It was like Bitso or something. It it wasn't Bitso. It was something else. It was literally an exchange that nobody's ever heard of though, and uh, so random. They're just trying to s r remain relevant. Bitslotto. Is that how you is that how you uh spell it? Bitslotto, B-I-T-Z-L-A-T-O, like gelato. God, this space is such a joke, man. That is, oh my god. It's like gelato, but for Bitcoin. Uh US shuts down Bitslotto crypto exchange, arrest the founder. So that, that was the announcement today. U.S. takes action against BitSlotto crypto exchange, arrest the founder. Yeah. 
have accused the little-known crypto platform of laundering funds tied to illicit Russian finance, and its founder has been arrested. Congratulations. Isn't that creepy that I got an ad there for Canon right after I just bought the Canon? They be watching us. They be watching us with those ads. Yeah, um, so hopefully the camera, I'm still getting the hang of this new camera, guys. Canon EOS R10. Um, it's pretty sweet. I was taking some pictures this morning, uh, but I'm still getting it uh, working here for the live stream. So hopefully we're dialed in a little bit better. Different setup this morning. We're sitting down having our coffee. Appreciate you guys. This, uh, this was interesting to see though, from, from Brad this morning, John Deaton chimes in. He says, I know when I predicted no settlement before a judge Torres decision, some people disagreed in Brad Garlinghouse's words. He can't imagine quote, Absent a significant change in the SEC's posture towards settlement, not receiving a ruling from Judge Torres. So basically, he thinks that we are going to get a ruling from the judge. And then I also want to add, too, that he said uh, he, he said that the Hinman emails haven't been seen yet, that, that they got to see them. But once they're made public, uh, it hasn't happened yet. So once again, he's reiterating that point that eventually we will be able to see those Hinman documents. And, and, and what, what was contained in those documents will be seen. So I, I did find that very interesting. Now, this is being shared around too. Trump is preparing for his return to Twitter. His team has been working on his first tweet and possible timing. So we're going to see. That's being reported by many sources this morning. <laughs> Trump coming on back. Uh, now, let's get bullish for a second. EG Reg Crypto, <clears throat> XRP rode to $27 via the 3W pattern. XRP rode to $27. Bring up Dark Horse. Tech Money, thank you. I appreciate the gifts. Trump running next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's talk about $27 XRP via the 3W pattern. In the following quick thread, I am monitoring three different W formations being sculpted. Each is on different time frame, but it is providing a view of how XRP price potentially can go to $27. So right here on the low time frame, four hour, the first W pattern played out, and now XRP is just mimicking the previous W formation. The second W pattern is based on three days time frame. The neck of the W pattern is respecting the previous XRP price action, which provides more confidence in the formation. The third W pattern is based on the monthly time frame, and the neck of the W pattern is coinciding with the descending trending since the previous all-time high uh descending triangle i think i think you meant to say descending triangle since the previous all-time high breaking out the descending trend line and completing the w pattern will open the gates to valhalla whoa open the gates to valhalla 
that's exciting. That's exciting. Let's take a look. Full screen there for you guys. Up to $27. Massive. Massive. You know, no matter how you look at this, this thing's going to be massive on the breakout, guys. I don't think that anybody's ready. Even, even people that are bullish on XRP and that are excited and have been waiting for this move, I don't think, like, the haters are going to be melting, that their faces are going to be melted, but then even the people that are bullish on XRP aren't going to know what to do, right? The exchanges are, aren't going to be working. Our, our sell orders aren't going to be going through. We're all going to be on Twitter crying. I tried to sell my XRP at $10. It didn't go through. Now we're back down to 6 I've lost tens of thousands of dollars. I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on how big your bag is, right? right? I, I, that's why I say none of us are ready for this move. We're going to be freaking out. I'm, I'm going to finally make an O-Face thumbnail. Just kidding. No O-Face thumbnails for me. Any red folder tonight? Yes. Um, did everybody see my my red folder session from yesterday? Um, it it was it was getting shared around. It was doing pretty good. I I always keep the red folder close because I don't want to lose my classified documents, unlike our president. Um. So yeah, I I did. If you guys didn't, I'm not going to go over it again. Um. I printed it out though, of course. This is the Susan Athey, um, what's his name? Robert Michnik, Robbie Michnik, and Susan Athey, both from the Stanford Graduate School of Business. And Susan Athey was also on the board of directors at Ripple. But this was a price valuation model that they had done back in like 2017, 2018. And this price valuation model on the low end had XRP uh, going upwards to $6.30 on the high end, all the way to $32.91. And so the, the, the reason why I have this printed out is because Jimmy gave us an update two days ago uh, on the different valuation models that they are using to come up with XRP's true fair market value and, and the potential that it would have had. So this is a very common uh, shared in the XRP community valuation that many people have already seen. But once again, this valuation was put together by some of the top people at Stanford Graduate Business School and a former director, uh, board of directors member at Ripple, Susan Athey. Uh, I'm just going to read this off. The conclusion, this result, though calculated using imperfectly precise estimates, suggests that both Bitcoin and XRP may have significant upside from current price levels despite the spectacular price appreciation in both currencies since early 2017. Here's another valuation model. This one's base 10 operations. And I'll be honest, the valuation models go above my head. I do not understand them. I don't like doing the mass. Um, so a lot of the valuation models kind of go over my head. But I did talk about how the technology subcommittee is working on setting up a trust line. Instead of doing an NFT, then they're working on a trust line. 
But you guys saw, I got a call there live from Jimmy just uh, 15 minutes ago, and he just sent me another email uh, because now we got a member in the committee who's bringing up the idea of basically just creating our own bank. Instead of trying to do a buyback deal or try to, because the way that I looked at the buyback deal, it, it was a way to help the, the government reset the currency and the debt and to solve the liquidity crisis, right? It, it was a way to basically silence the XRP community, those that had legitimate claims against the damages done by the SEC. It was a way to silence them, but it also was a way for them to reset the debt and the currency. Right, because you buy XRP at a certain price and then you set it at a higher price just like they did with gold. That would be the move, right? You shortchange XRP holders, but you still give them a price that's attractive enough that they're gonna happily set sail on their little tiny boat, their little tiny yacht, buy a little, uh, a little Lambo, right? Or whatever, whatever you guys plan on doing with your bags. And then it would allow them to then set it at a higher price just like they did with gold. Now, um, I, I told Jimmy just off of first take, you guys saw I was on the phone with him. I think that everyone's going to love this. I mean, I love the idea at first uh, mention, just, just kind of running it over here in five minutes on the phone with Jimmy. It sounds great to me uh, because a big thing for us is that we never wanted to really give up custody. A lot of us just want to keep custody forever, uh, allow our XRP to be leveraged into liquidity pools, allow our XRP to... Uh, be used for all sorts of different use cases and utility without having to give up control. And so I think a lot of people are going to like this. He just sent me over the email, so I'm going to take a look at it, and I will report back on um, you know what, what what the thinking is, how that would be done. But he said that it's a member in the committee that's kind of working on setting up different trusts and different ways for us to preserve our wealth. And this is going to be important, not just for XRP, right, guys? For me, as I continue to say, I'm taking advantage of the greatest transfer of wealth in world history without you know, with or without XRP. Uh, we're going to make sure that we can take care of our family regardless of crypto, regardless of the whole crypto asset class completely, not just XRP, all of my crypto investments. Aside from my investments in silver, aside from both of those investments, my businesses are going to take me to paradise and take care of my family, right? The, the, the moves that I'm preparing to make in real estate Take us to, to, to the other side, to the light at the end of the tunnel. Now, if we're just a little bit right about this XRP investment, well, we'll be telling a fun story. So the true end game is showing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Dark Horse, once again, bro, you have to understand this is a living idea. There's, there's no like end game as far as like somebody's trying to take our XRP and screw over the XRP community or try to get rich off this. Like, um, it's a living idea and it's just genuine guys who are trying to help out the XRP community and help discover fair market value for XRP and help inspire real businesses to come use the XRP ledger, real players, real investors, you know, so there's no like evil end game, right? It's just a living idea. In fact, this is my favorite part of the update that Jimmy just gave us. This is my favorite part. 
Zach, you're misleading now. What's misleading? What's misleading? How much does this dude have? I only have a little bit of XRP. I only have a little bit of XRP. Okay, I'm going to read this off for you guys. This is my favorite part about the update that Jimmy just sent two days ago. Frequently asked questions from the XRP community. Question, why are you pushing this buyback so much? The buyback is probably the greatest Trojan horse for educating people about fair market value corporate governments, commercial law, etc., that's ever been created. So think about that. That's my favorite line right there. And I couldn't agree more. We are educating people about the fair market value of XRP, corporate governments, ding, 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 and commercial law. Folks, we have a DC corporation that is unconstitutional and illegal that is running this country right now from the territory called the District of Columbia, a corporate government that has hijacked this country. The buyback is probably the greatest Trojan horse for educating people about fair market value, corporate governments, commercial law, etc. that's ever been created. I am not even pushing it, as you say. The buyback has become a living idea firmly imprinted on the minds of thousands of people. It has its own gravitational pull. Would it surprise you to learn that we did not even come up with the term buyback? That term was created in the market as a shorthand for what we were proposing. So when G Jimmy originally came up with this, they didn't even call it a buyback, right? That was kind of the community that just came up with it for a shorthand form to explain uh, in simple terms of kind of what it was. But like you said, it's a living idea. Now it's not just going to the Fed, it's going to the Treasury, and it's going to the, I think, the World Bank as well. And then what I'd love to see in this most recent proposal was acknowledging the U.S. corporation and how the U.S. corporation was bankrupt. And so that's where we're educating people about the fair market value, corporate governments. And what that is, is that's illegal, unconstitutional corporate governments and commercial law. That's what this is about. Jimmy's last name, Zach, uh, Jimmy Valley, Jimmy Valley. Read the next one. Um, oh, did I lose my page? Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Dark horse. I, I hope you're, I hope you're, you know, I hope you're happy. You've, you've been able to reach far. You've been able to reach far. Because you got Jimmy addressing number two. Why does your website not even really exist for three years? 
I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna read the response because it doesn't matter. Nobody should be looking at Jimmy's website as if it fucking matters at all. Apologize my language. It doesn't matter. Go look at my go look at my uh, actually I'm not gonna say this. I'm not gonna say this. I have the shittiest website for my landscape business. The shittiest website. I promise you, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But Jimmy did say this. Many firms have or had really great websites. FTX, Gemini, Voyager, Enron, CNBC, Fidelity, BlackRock. Those websites were aimed at you. Website quality is definitely a straw man fallacy. If you and your friends are making business decisions based on slickness of websites, you should probably reevaluate whether that's the best way to determine the value of something. Couldn't agree more. I mean, you got to grow up. Come on. A little startup's website doesn't matter, guys. Not Everybody's so caught up, especially those in the tech world. Think that that matters, bro. It doesn't matter. You have to understand what Jimmy's business, what he's doing. He's got a little investment firm. That's what it is. It's a little investment company. You think when he goes to institutional investors that they give a shit what his website looks like when he sits across the table from them? If you think that, you don't understand business. He wants to make a bank but can't afford a web page. I promise you that he could afford to create a fancy web page. It doesn't move the needle. That's why so many people don't, never get their business off the ground or never get anything that matters accomplished. They're too busy making a Facebook page, making an Instagram page, making a website, and you haven't even sold anything. Jimmy was able to ra uh, raise money for his firm based off of a $50 million valuation with that website. So, you know, whether you think the website matters or not, Clearly, the investors didn't when they wanted a piece of his company based off of a $50 million valuation. Maybe they took a look at the website, didn't stop them from investing, did it? And that's my point. Look how the internet started black screen, green letters. That's a good point. So I was just thinking about this yesterday, actually, about how like back when the internet was first getting started and nothing was compatible for your phone, right? So this is before the, the smartphones had really become prevalent. But I remember like when, when you first got internet on your cell phones, right? On the flip phones and stuff, how nothing was like formatted for, for mobile. And so you would be just like trying to like navigate these websites that it was just so funny.
where is Adam revealing the new world one new uh, world currency? I don't know, man. I kind of addressed it last night. He put out a post today. I'm not addressing it. I'm not focusing on it. I'm not researching it until there's any announcement made. Anything to actually look into. We know what you say, let him speak. Well, if you guys think that he has something to add to the conversation, maybe I'll add him. Maybe I'll add him. Thoughts on the next steps with the Department of Justice? Um, it was kind of just a dog and pony show today, but nonetheless, they're focused on going after like the criminals and the bad actors and the people that are actually using crypto for like criminal activity. What I'm kind of waiting for is there's supposed to be a big SEC sweep, SEC crackdown coming towards the end of the month. And I'm, I'm interested to see if they go after Binance at all. And uh, that's kind of what I'm waiting for. The dog and pony show that, that, that took place today was a joke. How about an interview from David from Digital Outlook Coffee Chat? I've never heard of that guy. Um, maybe send me his info on Twitter. I've never heard of that guy. Yeah, watch out for the scammers. Zach Rector 1 is a scammer. Zach Rector 6 is a scammer. Exactly. My username is basically the same everywhere. My name is not spelled with a K. I will not message you unless you DM me on Twitter. You'll be able to tell it's me. I'm not verified on Twitter. I haven't paid for my blue check yet. Um, but that's really the only place that I'll respond is, is on Twitter. And you'll be able to tell it's me. And I don't have a trading platform for you. Um, I don't have a bot to sell you. How's your little one? Uh, Ian, thank you for asking. My, my little one is great. I, I see you've you, you've asked a couple times. Most of the time, I just ignore questions about my daughter just because I the, the internet weirdos. I, I try not to even address or acknowledge that I do have a family just just <laughs> to hide my family from the internet. But um, guys, I, I feel so blessed, man, so blessed. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say on that. I feel so blessed, so grateful. 
Pastor of the Way, I will let you join. What I'm going to try to do while I'm streaming here on YouTube as well is I'm going to try to make sure that you can be heard by YouTube. So I'm going to take some guests on TikTok. We'll see how this goes, YouTube. Welcome. I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. What you said about this corporation not being unconstitutional not exactly accurate, and how most of the people out there are teaching it, and I was guilty of this at one time. They're not teaching it right. Yes, it does act as a corporation, but it doesn't always act as a corporation. Most people go to Title 28 USC. 3002 paragraph 15a and they say see it says the united states is a federal corporation but they never look at what that section is okay if you study anything on law you understand that uh, the fair debt collection practices act in title 15 does not apply to the irs why the 14th amendment you cannot argue the public debt well, what section is 3002 in, in Title 28? Title 28 is the Judiciary Act. It's the rules the judges have to follow. Type, chapter 176 is sections 3001 through 3308, and it is called the Fair Debt Collection Procedures Act. So the second one on the list is 3002. So when the United States is acting as a debt collector, Yes, it is acting as a corporation. Does that mean it's always acting as a corporation? No. And also, you got to look at Article 1, Section 10, the contract clause. That's what we call it. It's got other things in it. But the government can pass no law, dot, 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 that interferes with the obligation of contract. What's implied by that is also the right to not contract. So... The government has the same rights you do to contract. So I don't have a problem with it acting as a corporation when it's doing it properly. And it typically is. The government puts out a publication called the United States Constitution with analysis and interpretation. And most of the people out there teaching things on the Constitution have never read it. Yeah, do you have a do you have a YouTube channel or do you make content on TikTok? Because I, um, yeah, I need to learn more about this. I actually, I, I I do most of my stuff on Telegram because you know, you know how TikTok is. You get to talk about sensitive subjects and they kind of frown upon it. I've been banned for a week or more many times. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of the gurus out there, like the one I come on the other night that I didn't get have have time to talk to about this state national or American state national crap is exactly what it is. Crap. And I used to follow the people they're pushing. Anna Von Reeds, David Strait, Bobby Lawrence. They're freaking scam artists. When you're ignorant of how the system works and the and the devil approaches you and tells you a little bit of truth, it sounds really nice. But if you don't know, you'll get deceived. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of people selling something, selling something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
for me, I haven't gone too deep in an, in, into it to understand it or to speak on it, really. Yeah, some of, well, I've been doing it for 10 and a half years, okay? And, and I really got my awakening, even though I've been studying law for 10 and a half years, in the last two. And the reason why is it's like the veils came off my eyes when it comes to what happened in 1933. And everybody talks about how they stole the gold and there's no money. No, they didn't steal the gold. Yeah, the people were ignorant because they didn't know it didn't apply to them when they gave it up. But if you read the congressional record, March 9th, 1933, on page two for that congressional record, which I have a copy of it, is it tells you the obligations that are deposited as the security and gold. So they didn't get rid of gold. They just redefined what gold was. Mm -hmm. They made the obligations, which are the obligations of the United States under Title 18 U.S.C. 8. Um, they made that the new gold. That's how they got everybody on the um, re the United States as the reserve currency because it was the new gold based on the uh, the good faith and credit clause. In other words, hey, it was backed by the people. Hmm. Yeah, man. I uh, yeah, like I said, um, you should make some more content because we need more people uh, getting getting educated on that. I, I think, yeah. Well. I have a Rumble channel. I have a YouTube channel. Um, I do most of my stuff on, on Telegram, except when I come on people's lives right here. I don't do lives on here yeah. because, see, I, I drive a truck for a living. Yeah. <laughs> and I constantly got banned for doing dangerous activity. So I said, no more showing my video screen. There you go. <laughs> Not on here. <laughs> yeah. TikTok is freaking so temperamental. Yeah. Yeah, you got to do the TikTok dance. Well, uh, yeah, man, I'd like to uh, get more information on that. So um, maybe I'll try to add you on Telegram or something. Yeah, you go to my uh, link tree. It's on my profile. You can get to my Telegram group. Okay. Alexa, turn on the count. Do what, sir? Do what, Dark Horse? All I swear right. my count's falling. The moment. Sorry, keep me talking, man. Yeah. Um, what happened is they changed the the whole system in 1933. Yes, the United States is still in Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Uh, I just put up a video on Rumble the other day showing who the public trustees and private trustees are. When everything was when Chapter 11 bankruptcy happened, they placed everything into trust. Okay, so there are trustees involved in everything. There's even on C-SPAN, a congressman on the congressional floor talking about 60 years later in 1993, where he's talking about they are the trustees of the largest bankruptcy, bankrupt entity in the world, and it is the United States government. And it's like people just gloss over that. They don't understand what's going on because they don't go back to the foundational historical documents. They think they understand how things work. When it don't work, it works the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. So the Banking Relief Act was passed in March 9, 1933. 
1934, you had the Securities Exchange Act. 1935, you've got the Social Security Act. 1939, you got the Trust Indenture Act of 1939. And all of these acts are intertwined. Okay. Now, people think the birth certificate, blah, 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 is a foundational document. No, it's not. That birth certificate is property of the state. It's not you. It is considered double hearsay. I've got a court case called State B. Gray that the judge plainly states it is double hearsay. Why? It is only prima facie evidence that a record exists, but it's not the record. And it is an assertion of the registrar who has no firsthand knowledge to the facts of the birth, which means it's double hearsay, which means it's not even evidence it's you. And, and I talk to people all the time. They say, well, my mother gave me that name. I said, can you testify in court to that with firsthand knowledge? No, you can't. Because why? Not a single one of us remember our births. Are you telling me that I don't even know my real name? If, there are, if I've got a CDC document that lists all 50 states' codes and or regulations, there are three products of conception. Yeah. You have the placenta, you have the umbilical cord, and you have the baby. Can you testify to which one got registered? No. <laughs> the mother who was incompetent during the birth procedure, why was she incompetent under the law? She was under duress. Look at the pain she was in. She might have been on medication for the pain. So she would be considered at that time frame incompetent so when she filled out the documents they called her an informant the person well, she was re recording or registering was the infant the infant was the placenta not the baby on the footprint documents she signed that she received her baby and took the baby home but the infant was left behind so That's since crazy, the man. infant since the infant died the placenta did die that's why in the tax code it says the decedent is the taxpayer but you're not a decedent you're not dead right vital records admitted that i've got a audio recording on my rumble channel 17 minute video where they admit that the birth record was placed into probate at the time of birth. Why? Because the infant died. It's still in probate to this day. The state becomes the grantor of the trust. The Social Security website tells you who the main trustees are. If you type into Google SSA Board of Trustees, <laughs> the first trustee is the Secretary of the Treasury. Why? That's the bank. The second trustee is the Secretary of Department of Labor. Why? When you went and filled out a W-4 for employment and you put the name, you put the social, you put an address, you check the box U.S. citizen, who's the actual employee? The trust is. Because why? Under the 14th Amendment, all corporations, all business, all trust or legal persons have an equal protection of the law. The address you put on the paperwork is for the authorized representative slash registered agent for service of process 
Now, the third trustee on the list is the Secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services. Why? Have you ever heard of Title IV funding? And who's the beneficiary of that funding? The state. So you're not the grantor. You're not the trustee. You're not a beneficiary. The only thing you can be is the registered agent for that trust. Right. And that's why most of the teachers out there are teaching the wrong crap. They start with the foundation revolving the name. They say that's mine. I tell you, I tell you what, brother. Um, people are loving what you're spilling in the comments. Everyone's asking what your your rumble is and wh where they can find you. But what I'd like to do go to my go to my profile. There's a link tree, and the first link is a book on the law of agency. The second link should take you to my Telegram, and there should be right under that Rumble in YouTube. My patrons pay high passion. And what I would like to do is, um, I would like to get you. I'd like to do a session with you on Rumble, though, because to be honest, I don't really like talking about this, like you said, on TikTok, um, and I'm streaming on yeah. YouTube right now. But I, I, I do want to learn more, uh, and, and so I do want to get in touch with you. And I want to do a rumble session with you. That's that'll be perfectly fine. Yeah, but I appreciate you. Every everyone's like, people are like, I thought this was going to be a shit show, but this guy's dropping some gems and some fire. Um, but yeah, because of where we're on right now, let's uh, hold off on finishing this conversation, and let's do a separate separate session. Yes, sir. That's no problem. I'll shoot you my phone number oh my since you followed me back. I'll shoot you my phone number. Okay, thank you. Um, we got Dark Horse here. I see we got Adam here. So I just invited Adam too. Um, so Zach. And by the way, I will tell you, fearless the Fearless Floyd show. He's got he's on a bunch of platforms. We have all we've partnered with him. Me and my buddy Eric Seitzer Authority is what he goes by. We're actually on Thursdays now from 1 to 5 doing a live show on his platform where we will be discussing all this every Thursday. Roger that. Roger that. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, let me make sure. Did I? Make sure. Yeah, I'll make sure that I. Yeah, there you go. I just followed you. Yeah, so get in touch with me. Oh, you just now followed me? Yeah. Oh, I wonder if it's one of those scammers you were talking about earlier. I will have to go check because I, when I opened up TikTok earlier, um, I got a notification that I thought you followed me. So I will have to let you know so you can report that account. Yes, please do. Please TikTok do. TikTok won't take it down regardless. Oh, my goodness. We got the man with the secrets. Yeah, my, my giant red folder, too. I didn't. Adam, do you mind? Yeah. Do you mind me just cutting in a minute, mate? I've been waiting a long time to actually yeah, speak. Yeah, you got it. All, it's all you. You got it. Right. So, Zach, those, that list of questions. How did I know it was number two? Right. How did I know about the website number two? Is that because I got that sent that source of documents to? I was I was actually trying to verify the source to make sure that was Jimmy Valley that was actually replying because I needed to make sure that was him. But you've just verified the source. Uh, thank you. The problem I've got, right? So appreciate that. That appreciate it. You just verified it was Jimmy that actually replied that said 
what was what was the wording that he actually said on on number three bear with me i'm just scrolling through the email so this is this is somebody that everybody expects to deal with the buyback with with the red boulder and he, he basically what did he say the real answer is it's our fucking website we would love to love it to be better but frankly it's not in the top 10 of our priority list if people want to judge us because of our website we don't want to be working with those type of shallow fucking people anyway that was jimmy valley's own words to us on that email on that printout so so let's just let's just do that yeah he might have just sent you up yeah he might send you a shortened version though but it's interesting Zach. it's interesting because most of the people that actually deal with the deal with the world nowadays they're internet based and we do our research on the internet and if you can't look up somebody that's supposed to be respectable and we're going to be pumping a lot of money into these people then what are they doing what are they doing seriously approximately 78 percent of internet users conduct product research online so product search research will more oh. likely dictate whether or not a person chooses your business being able to tap into this market ensures that existing and potential customers online will be able to learn about your products and services quickly and easily where can i find out about jimmy jimmy valley i'm not arguing the fact that having a nice website is good i agree and you can read off studies till the sun comes up tomorrow about having a good website being important quickly linkedin yeah I mean, you could read studies about that. Of course, we all understand that websites, nice websites are, you know, important. And the line... It called us shallow fucking people. Uh, then, I can't speak on and that. Then later on, I can't speak and then on later that. On, I wasn't in my email. I don't know what you're making. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're making. I might just cut that bit out. But then when he talks about um, Delta Wave Energy, what does he say here? Delta Wave Energy was valued at 50 million by its investors and service providers that went wanted to receive equity in Delta Wave in lieu of cash consideration. And then he scrolls on to, you guys are pretty hard graders on websites. I guess websites equal success for you. Well, no, actually, it's because we like to do our research on the internet, like most people. This is this is the guy that's filling your red folder full. Um, yeah, I don't really care that his website isn't attractive. Or, or whatever you're saying, you know, I mean, it, what does it matter? It just doesn't matter. Well, this guy wants to build a bank with or, with everybody from XRP or, or the XRP community. He wants to build a bank. I'll, I'll, I, want, I want to touch it. on that. I want to touch we on that. Research, about, yeah. about what you said about building a bank. Earlier, you talked about building a bank, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Do you know you can? And I got the information for you on that exactly and see see this is the thing this is the thing let's understand our rights let's understand the laws let's get to that let's not focus on is the website cute or not yeah then i, I gotta get in touch with you bro send me all the information you got but, but the government publishes everything the treasury puts out the banking manuals for people to download for free to learn how to do banking the federal reserve has forms for you to set your account up to acquire the shares of the bank you're doing business at who is a service provider 
so you can do private banking. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's what he's talking about getting set up. And I told him, I, I said, I think that everybody's going to love this because most people in the XRP community, myself, we don't want to give up control of our assets. We want to maintain control of this property and we want to realize the full utility of it. Have you seen the UCC? Yes, sir. Out of interest, what do you actually need to create a fully functioning bank? Do all the proper paperwork, set up your banking resolution right, everything else. You can set up an individual bank. You don't even have to have a group. But if you do do a group, you got to have a, a minimum of 13 members, which is individuals that have their own yeah. individual bank set up. And that will not get you electronic or ACH transfers. You got to have a minimum of 26 to have those doors open. So you need 26 people. Okay. And now if yes. you've got 26 people with the banks, now how, many, how much cash reserves do you need to open up a bank? Um, most banks, not all banks on the private side, there is a private side of the bank that people don't even know exists. This is where they trade and sell all the notes that people are signing all these the currency and when i say currency a lot of people misunderstand they think oh it's just federal reserve notes no the the uh it, in you should go look up the court case it was january 4th this year the bankruptcy court in yeah. celsius network llc in that case, the judge said yeah the judge stated in short the depositors are the creditors and the financial institution is the debtor okay so okay. what the reason i bring that up is let's use a mortgage for example you went down to a financial institution it was called a closing table it doesn't matter if you put that closing table at grandma's house and have dinner at the same time it's a financial institution why you issued currency in the name of the trust called social security. You issued a collateral security under 12 USC 412 and it was valuated at the, at the uh, maturity rate, which the average mortgage is 30 years. Problem is you didn't report to the government that you issued that security. So the banks get to keep your wealth. So you issued a promissory note, which is currency. And you think you're the debtor and you owe the note. No, they let you volunteer to transfer your wealth to the bankers. That's why the bankers are getting richer and the people are getting poorer because they don't understand the banking system. So pause on that thought there, Pastor. So say if we've got, say, about 5,000 5, XRP holders that wanted to transfer into the bank of XRP. Would that yep. would then that would then create a bank, wouldn't it? As long as you've got twenty six, as you said, up to twenty six accounts, and then if you push five thousand people holding XRP, do, does it need to actually in today's day and age? Does it actually need to be um, currency, or can it be XRP? XRP is currency. Right. Perfect. So go back and to let's 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 give you a, a past analogy. Earlier, I talked about the uh, uh, congressional record of March 9, 1933, right? On page five of the same act, they tell you that the new money, what it is, they call it government obligations. 
great acceptance, bankers acceptances, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Now, in 1945, they changed it from Federal Reserve Bank notes to Federal Reserve notes, and they made additional things. So when you issue a note or tender a security, bill of exchange, whatever, you are issuing currency. So, uh, uh, people go to Walmart to buy a TV, so, and they think everything revolves around Federal Reserve notes. Oh, no, it don't. The government gave you, you have all the money you can ever imagine. You can use Federal Reserve notes. You can use a debit card, credit card, checks, money orders, uh, cashier's checks, promissory notes, bills of exchange, uh, bankers drafts, all these different things. But it the, the policies and how it's done depends on what item you are using. And say if say if we was actually going to create a bank using the XRP community as its starting point to create all of the accounts for them, right? Yes. Would you then would you then be able to leverage those accounts to then say invest in certain other other um, yes. areas? You say you could, and then you could then yes. create investments into products that you already invested in. Let's say like Delta Wave Energy. Would you invest in that? Yeah. Go look at go look at most banks. You see them on the road. How many times do you see one that's the title of it says uh, first bank and trust? Yeah, hold up People your past. Hold up, hold up. Because what DH is getting at is just bringing it back to attacking Delta Wave and Jimmy and like what you're saying is straight fire, by the way, Pastor. The way I appreciate it. Well, you're awesome, buddy. But, I like you. It's just like, bro, what is the problem? The guy has a startup investment firm. He was able to raise money based off of a $50 million valuation. He's done business transactions and deals, acquisitions and mergers that tally over $20 billion. He was claimed to be one of the best lawyers in the country. He, he didn't claim that. He was regarded as one of the best lawyers in the country. So what's, what's the problem, bro? Just feels like... It just feels like, you know, when you just feels like used, used. So I've do, never do been. I've, like... I've never been used. I don't get used. I'm just playing with you. Hey, I, I want to give a super chat shout a out. A lot of times, we we got formula moments with a five spot euro. I see you. Thank you, thank you. Continue on, guys. Sorry. Make that money, Zach. Go on. Look, ask, his of... ask his question. Buddy. Oh, wait. I ask forgot. I'm a bad guy because I have my YouTube monetized. No, 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 buddy. No, no. Puss it away, buddy. Puss it away. A lot of times we feel, we feel like we've been used or been done wrong because of one reason and one reason alone. Lack of understanding how the system actually works. How many times do you hear people call when they have to go to court? That judge is corrupt. Probably not. The problem is you don't understand how the system is truly operating. You go in with preconceived notions. Pass through the way. I only found out about this bank thing today, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of like adding dot to dot to dot to dot at the moment, mate. And I'm coming up with about twenty when I should be coming up with four. But I need to go chew the cud on this. I need to go chew the cud on this one to see where it's actually coming out of, right? So. End of the day, I only find out about this information just now. 
it's interesting. Very interesting. Is that the problem? A lot of people, the problem is, is we don't read the contracts. That's one of the things the judge brought up is, hey, did you read the contract? Hey, I'm just wondering, do you know anything about Fordland? The terms of service. Do you know anything about Fordland inducement? Brought in an inducement? Yeah, Yeah, but you're not being induced. If they gave you a contract and you agreed to it, to the terms were was there fraud in the inducement no you're you just didn't read the contract nice Cheers, buddy lori lori says times that you need to join the discord right to our understanding lori says that you need to join the discord group dark horse can i get him for free though zach no, we actually, we would deny your application. Funny that. <laughs> so, now somebody, somebody commented in the chat and said our military's blood's being sold. It's not our military. Have you ever heard of uh, Lieutenant General Smedley Butler? He wrote a book called War is a Racket because why? It's the banker's military. Back then, the bankers approached uh, Lieutenant General Smedley Butler to do a coup d'etat over the United States, and he blew the whistle. Is Adam coming back, Zach? Is Adam still in the uh, in the chat down there, or is he lost his internet? Adam, he was supposed to be coming back. I was going to tell Adam that last night I I said that his whole deal was bullshit. I wanted to tell him no, to his I face. S- I so <laughs> want to hear that. I so want to hear that. <laughs> I I wanted to be up front with Adam. So I want to hear that. What are your thoughts anyway? Because seriously, I've got zero on it because I don't know enough. There's no white paper. It's just come out with loads of carrots dangling. No understanding of what's going on. What's your thoughts? I'm happy that Adam is... Uh... I'm happy that Adam has a job. <laughs> I'm <just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> um... I like I like I like Adam. He's he's a vet. And so I have a lot of respect for Adam. I think he's a good guy. Um, But this I mean, yeah, there's just nothing to work with. I'll I'll work with it when I see documents or the announcement come out. But until that time, it's just it's something that I'm not going to be really addressing until then. But but let me make this point. Let me make this point. Uh, I do believe that I is anybody keeps freezing, doesn't I'm he? back right here. I had a low battery. Um, the the thing about what Adam's project, what he's talking about it being, uh, the BRICS nations are already kind of building their own deal like that. And I think that it makes sense that there would be some banks over here that try to build something similar. So I'm not denying that something like that won't be created or won't be rolled out. But until we see the announcement or have anything to work with, I'm just not really addressing it. And I see, um, I want to give another shout out. We got formula moments with another five spot Euro. Here's another five for the incredible patience you have for some of these debates, unlimited liquidity, unlimited ceiling price, hashtag red folder. Thank you. Thank you. Dude, yeah. you still haven't sent me that document for the unlimited, unlimited liquidity that you still have not sent me that. It was funny because crypto Eddie commented on my YouTube this morning. I saw, 
And she said that I need to do more. Re she, she said, I, you need to do research on this. And then she said something else, but I was like, what? Like, what do, what do I need to research? She just like blankly just stated that like, you need to research this. This document is old or something like that. And I was like, yeah, but the document says what the document says. The guy calls it unlimited liquidity. Yeah, but it's no such thing, mate. There is no such thing. It's, it's limited. It's limited by the actual value put into the XRP as it's running through running through the ODL. So it's it's bandwidth of the ODL. Unlimited liquidity is not possible. Yeah. Now, Zach, I got a document for you. You might find interesting. <laughs> that sounded kinky. You got a, you've Zach, of, uh, I'm gonna talk to you, boy. <laughs> yeah, you got a, you've heard of the Uniform Commercial Code, right? Correct. <laughs> You know that they're modernizing the Uniform Commercial Code, updating the language, and adding an Article 12 for digital assets? Yes, I do. I got that document. I got it. It shows too. all the amendments. It was in my red folder, but I offended people <laughs> with my red folder, so I put it away. Amendments to Uniform Commercial Code aiming to provide clarity on the transfer of digital assets. Right here. Now, I do not trust the system. But that being said, reading the amendments and how they're changing certain languages in the UCC, I said, oh, my gosh, are they going to start respecting sovereignty? Is that not going to be classed as a CBDC asset, though? And be kept no, crypto assets? No, they're digitizing everything. Yeah. What did the World the, Economic Forum yeah. say? The new currency yeah, they, is the blockchain. Yeah. That's no, done. But, but it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it's going to be actually in the crypto asset space. If it's CBDCs, it's external to the crypto asset space. Well, they it's have to make it encompassing oh. of everything, so they call it a controllable electronic record. So it's a CER. Yes. So no, it's it's not going to be separate. I got a video that is freaking awesome that one guy put together showing all the power players for every step of the game. And they're attaching everything to the blockchain. Yeah. We already digitized that's, that's the birth certificates on the blockchain. Yeah, that'd be digital IDs. So, yeah, I, I see you on that one. But there's certain assets that is going to be government owned and government run. So, they'll be classed as CBDAs or CBDCAs. There's, 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 everything's going on the blockchain faster yet, but it's the definition of where it's actually going to be held. The, that's, that's the way that they are writing this is uh, to address the acquisition and disposition of interests, including security interests in digital assets, including fungible virtual currencies such as Bitcoin and XRP and non-fungible tokens, among other electronic intangible assets. So several states, Wyoming, Texas, Rhode Island and Connecticut have already advanced legislation in this area. And uh, this is where that take free rule comes in. So under the adopted take free rule in the Article 12, which is what Pastor the Way was saying they're adding, Article 12 includes a take free rule that if a good faith purchaser, including a secured party of a CER, obtains control without notice of a competing property right in the CER, they will acquire rights in the CER free of any competing claims of a property interest in the CER. So that's where the example of the Songbird tokens comes in with Coinbase. So Coinbase could have sold off our interest in the Songbird. And if we don't make a claim within two years, um, the, 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 the person that uh, acquired the property 
is going to acquire it free of any competing claims or interest. Well, you know why the two-year mark? Why? Because it's considered abandoned property. How many times have you seen people talking about the 1099A on, on TikTok or other places? Yeah. Uh, most of those people are freaking ignorant. Let's go back, but let's go back to the mortgage. You issued a collateral security under 12 USC 412. The bank under 12 USC 411 takes it to the treasury window and sells the note. They get the book entry credits under Title 31 CFR, and they you appointed them. You didn't realize it that you appointed them as a special agent over the trust, so they create these accounts in the name of the trust like the escrow right after maturity because you were an undisclosed third-party investor after maturity since you never reported it properly like you should have as that investor i think it's three years they get to use a 1099a and claim it as abandoned property and since it's abandoned property they get that as a tax return and pay no taxes. Yeah, so it's um, it's interesting because that's why they got the two-year mark. I, I wasn't even aware of all this of these changes, um, the Uniform Commercial Code. I'd heard of it. I, I didn't really know what it was, what its function was. But then, yeah, Jimmy sent me over this information, these documents about how they were going to update it this year and that some states already have. Um, and that Article 12 take free rule would apply to many of us in the similar position that I am, where my XRP was on Coinbase at the time of the snapshot and Coinbase still hasn't, hasn't given us our songbird or our flare. Yes. Oh, I, I know. I've, I've gotten some of mine, but not all of it. Yeah. Yep. Hey guys, I'm going to wrap up this session though. Um, but I appreciate you guys for hopping on. I appreciate the chat. I sent you my number so we can schedule a, a meeting. Yeah, let's do that for hey, sure. Zach. Yeah. Zach, I appreciate what you said about the fake accounts as well. I'm assuming it's based on what I was talking what I talked in a video earlier. It turns out they were fake accounts that apparently this guy was talking to from me and you. Yeah. Me and you were Apparently in a freaking chat group talking to this guy. I saw the video. Um, I didn't really know what it was about, but yeah, I I actually I got an email this morning from somebody else who said that they had been scammed. Um, I literally had like two people get in touch with me today say that they got scammed. Um, but yeah, once again, the guy used the misspelling of my name, uh, different numbers. Mine username is the same on all platforms. Zach Rector seven, Zach Rector as it's spelled same spelling everywhere. And uh, just in general, I say that I'm not reaching out. I don't have, I'm not going to take your money to trade for you. Um, I'm not going to ask you, how's your trading going? And um, be careful out there, folks. Can you please send me that so-called unlimited liquidity or tell me why I need to Google search? Yes, I, I, I will send it over. All right. I'll leave you to your red folder, but that is. Thank you. Well, sir, you have a wonderful day, and it was a pleasure. Yeah, it's my. It, it was a pleasure having you back on here, and we'll get in touch, okay? Okay. Have a good day, sir. We'll see ya. Bye. Bree, uh, Bree Walk.
Did you have a question? You've been up in here in the guests for, for a while here, just chilling. Appreciate your patience. All right, guys. Um, fun session this morning. Good stuff. Good hangout. We've been live for almost two hours this morning. Appreciate everyone. Always a pleasure. Can I believe what Jimmy said about people? Jimmy didn't say that. Jimmy didn't say that. No. No, no. Nope. Don't believe the nonsense. All right, guys, so uh, you know the deal. You know where to find me at. Head on over to my website, link in bio there on TikTok for you guys. The link should be down in the description of all these videos here for you as well. But it's just my name, ZachRector.com. You can find uh, different wallets, exchanges to get your crypto, get your wallets. Uh, you can roll over your 401k retirement account to Precious Metals by using my affiliate link down below for the Precious Metals. Get you, get you some metals. Uh, they'll ship it directly to you or they will help you roll over your 401k retirement account, okay? So get in touch with the people. And then if you are looking to join our Discord group, head on over to the website and sign up for the Patreon, and we'll get you access to the Discord group. I appreciate everyone for tuning in today. Had a fun update, and I will see you guys in the next one, okay? God bless you all. Thank you.